Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. I didn't realize he had died. One of my favorite authors of all time. A fearless man who, outside of a few key mentors and writers, probably had more to do with some of my understandings of ministry than any other human being. I never met the man. He was the chaplain of the United States Senate for a time. He pastored Hollywood Presbyterian Church. But he had a very unique view of God. He was a writer who called the Holy Spirit Christ in the present tense. He spoke of how traditional doctrines had utterly fragmented the oneness of God, that the same God who spoke this world into existence and that called Israel to be his people is the same God who robed himself in flesh to sacrifice himself for us and who now lives in our heart by his spirit. Yes, he was a fearless writer, author of 52 books, winner of all sorts of awards, editor of commentaries, recipients of boatloads of honorary degrees, an endowed chair for homiletics at a major seminary, and a nationwide radio program to boot. His name was Lloyd John Ogilvie. Why do I bring that up? Because off the cuff, I read something recently that Ogilvie wrote. And only when I was researching it did I realize he had passed. So I thought in honor of a man who fashioned much of my understanding to preaching itself, I wanted to spend just a moment on a subject that he impressed upon me, a subject that is so simple but so profound. You see, Ogilvy had an approach to preaching. It was this. He started with the needs of his hearers. Then he went to the Word of God to find answers to those needs. What that did was keep his preaching relevant to the people sitting in the pews. In a time, that wasn't much talked about. He would actually stand at the front door of the church and ask people, what do you need from God today? Oh, their response is like ours. It may not be exactly what was needed. It may have been a felt or a stated need rather than an actual need. But it served as a reminder to him and to the hearer that he was going to that pulpit to address real needs in the building. So 40 years or so ago, Ogilvy decided to do an inventory of the deepest needs of American people. He asked a question again and again, what is the one thing which causes you the greatest difficulty in your daily living? State your deepest need. Thousands of people responded to Ogilvy, and their responses were organized, sifted, categorized. He saw their hurts. He saw their hopes. It just so happened that at the same time, Ogilvy was doing a personal study on the I am statements of Jesus Christ. And as he studied the self-disclosures of the greatest who ever lived, he realized something. What people said they needed corresponded to exactly who Jesus was where he had already described himself as the answer. I am a Jesus preacher. Why? Because I simply believe Jesus is the answer. As Andre Kraut said, he's the answer for the world today, and above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. 
You say that's very simple. I say it's reality. It's the one who called himself way, truth, and life. Jesus constantly said, I am. But the English language blunts the significance of those words, I am. Would you permit me to unlock this? One of the responses to the survey, what is your deepest need? Here was the response. I need a new God. The respondent explained he had struggled so much. All he had known about God from his friends and family and culture seemed so alien to him. It dawned on him one day that he had a wrong idea about God. God was a heavenly policeman, an absentee landlord, an aloof, distant force that didn't care about him. He said, my greatest need is to find a God I never knew existed, a God who is new to me. I need a new God. I've never heard it said that way, but how true that is. We struggle with so many things. We struggle with internal issues. We don't see much progress in our lives. We don't see things happening as we feel they should. And a feeling of powerlessness grips us. What can we do? We can turn to the God of storybooks and we won't find the help we need. We can turn to the God of our childhood and we still won't find the help we need. We turn to the God people have told us about, but we don't find the help. We need a new God. We need the one true God to arise, the living God, the God of all creation, the God of all power to arise. We need the God who makes things happen. Moses needed that God, not the God of his mother, Jochebed, not the God of his father, Amron, not the God of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He needed an encounter for himself with the one true and living God, the God who could overturn the wicked powers of his day, the God who could show up, show out, and show himself strong. You see, Moses had been raised in splendor from a few years of age until 40 years of age. He was raised as a prince in Egypt, but his frustration, his rage is seeing his own people suffer caused him to take things into his own hands. And when that failed miserably, he fled from Egypt. The writer of Hebrews puts it kindly. He chose the reproach of his people rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. He spent his second 40-year interval on the backside of a desert. Moses knew he belonged to God. He knew God could do things. But where was that God? Why didn't God do something? Why didn't God show himself, make himself strong? Where was that God for 40 years? He may have pondered questions just like that. But while he may have been wondering, God was certainly humbling him. Gone was the palace etiquette. Gone was the pride. And in its place, a stunning humility was forming a meekness, a person God could use and reveal himself too. So that when God appeared to him in a bush that burned but refused to be consumed, and when God said, Moses, Moses, years of preparation were revealed in his response. Here am I. God told him, I know what's happening. I know the suffering. I've heard my people cry. I will lead them out of bondage and I will use you and I will be with you. Moses asked, but who shall I say? sent me. And this is the moment that our ears need to perk up. God said, I am who I am. 
Tell them, I am sent you. You and I both know that I am is Yahweh or Jehovah, a new name for God, in a sense, a new revelation, the same God revealed in a new way. Yahweh originates from the Hebrew infinitive Haya, means to be, to cause to happen, to make happen. Add the Yah to that, and it becomes futuristic and masculine. God says, you tell them, and here's how Lloyd-John Ogilvy translated it, you tell them. I am the God who will make things happen. In other words, when Moses needed a new revelation of God, a new God, if you will, the one true and living God revealed himself in a new manner, a manner that dominated the Old Testament, many names and descriptions of God. But this revelation of Yahweh or Jehovah is seen again and again. I am will help you. I am will go with you. I am will see you through. Moses marched into Egypt with that knowledge. While in Egypt, God came to Moses. God or Elohim said to Moses, I am the Lord Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty or El Shaddai. But by this name, I did not reveal myself to them. But now I reveal this to you and to my people. You tell them I am the Lord. I am the I am. It will be the I am who brings you out of bondage. No longer Elohim, no longer El Shaddai. I am the God who makes things happen. In daily devotion this week, we want to unlock the power of the miraculous. This is the power we need. We need the God who makes things happen. We paint ourselves into a corner of impossibility. We can't imagine how things will change. We're in a hate-filled world, an atheistic, godless world. What is going to happen? God says, I'm the one who makes things happen. I'm the one who comes into your situation. What does this have to do with Jesus in the New Testament? This is where it gets good. When these Old Testament passages in Exodus were translated into Greek, the Septuagint, for Jews scattered throughout the Hellenistic world who no longer knew Hebrew, the translators took that very meaning to be or to make happen and wrote the divine name in Greek, Ego Amy. I am, I am. I am the one who makes things happen. The confidence that led Moses into Egypt, the confidence that led him out of Egypt and through the wilderness, through want, through rebellion, through betrayal, plague, pestilence, pain, heartache, fear, and frustration was the God who makes things happen. Ego Amy. We are not alone. He is with us. Through the years, though the Hebrew people knew of this God, His name became so sacred that it was a sin to say it aloud. But an old covenant gives way to the new. An old testament gives way to the new. And God came in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, strength for all our trials. And we beheld him. We beheld his glory full of grace and truth. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. God was revealed to you and me. All God is for all of man's needs. 
22 times Jesus in the four gospels says the words, I am, ego, Amy. He identifies as the God who makes things happen. Do you get that? He's the one who said before Abraham was, I am. I am the God who makes things happen. Do you understand what the Lord is saying? That the God who appeared to Moses at a burning bush is capable again of appearing to you and me, that Jesus Christ is the I am. And when he says, I am bread, I am living water, I am way, truth, and life, whatever you need, he is literally the one that makes bread happen. He's the one that makes water happen. He's the one that makes life happen, and he comes to us. And you can leave the results to him. Just lean on him, look to him, cry out to him. He does not come as El Shaddai, God Almighty, Lord of the angel armies. He comes to you as the God who makes things happen. He comes as hope and peace and joy and rest. I am your comfort and relief from your stress. I am power. I am your freedom this very hour. We come today with boldness before the throne of grace, crying out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who self-identified as the God who makes things happen. Whatever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. When you say the name of Jesus, You're calling with all authority and power on everything that heaven has to bestow. Speak the name, Jesus. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.